TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to Careers Unplugged, the weekly show connecting you to secrets of career success. Careers Unplugged is hosted by Rich Sayer and Stu Hayes and proudly sponsored by the Master of Me coaching program. If you feel being happy, committed, and passionate about your career is important, you're in the right place. My name's Rich Sayer, and I'm here with the fabulous co-founder of Careers Unplugged, Make It Big Training, and the Master of Me coaching program, Stuart Hayes. How was your evening, Stu? Rich, it's, uh, it's been not only a fantastic evening, but a fantastic day. Nice. And I've got to say, I'm, I'm actually, uh, just to continue the word fantastic, we've got a fantastic episode coming up too. Tell us all about it. Well, Rich, our guest today is a legend in the major events industry. He's produced over 1,200 shows for clients, including the Australian Football League, the Australian Grand Prix, Qantas, the Australian Olympic Committee. He's handled visits to Melbourne by Her Majesty the Queen, by the Crown Princess Mary of Denmark, Oprah Winfrey, the AFL Grand Final Parade. This is a guy who has won 24 awards from the Australian industry and been inducted to their Hall of Fame twice. So he knows a thing or two. <laughs> he does. <laughs> Peter Jones, thanks for being on the show. Stu, thank you for that very, very flattering introduction, of which, of course, I wrote <laughs> and sent to you, and Richard to you too, but it is a great honour to be with you here tonight and to, to be able to chat to you in this format. Fantastic. Pete, You're very the, welcome. The, uh, everyone wants to know... They want to get into the event space. How did you get started? What was your actually? What was your first job? Um, it's interesting because I look back at that now and I kind of laugh all those years ago. Um, I, when I finished school, I didn't know what I wanted to do. All I know that I would end up in business. So I actually qualified to do a Bachelor of Economics degree and I majored in marketing from Monash all those many years ago. Um, but what the the big turning point for me, Rich, was the opportunity to go and, and, and work. So I was one of those kids who didn't want to go and sit on the beach and bum around for three mm. months. So yep. what I did, basically, going back even to, into, into late school and into university, um, I went and got a job. And my father at the time was the chairman of the Moomba Festival. And I said, well, listen, Dad, you know, I don't want to hang around here. Can I come in? So I, he got me a job in there. And I went in um, to the Moomba Festival for three months during the holidays and got paid $25 a week. And I thought that was really good. Um, But what it did for me at that age, at age 17, 18, 19 and 20, was that I got a taste for working and I ended up working on in, in an environment that was a creative one that allowed me then to sort of go, well, you know what, this actually is pretty good for me. Mm. Um, And it kind of went from there. So if I look back at it, that was the turning point because I'm a big believer that when you do one thing, it leads to another, it leads to another and Mm. leads to another. Absolutely. And if I sit back here now uh, at the ripe old age of 52, I can look back to those days and say that was the start of a career that I didn't know was going to take me, but I knew that I was doing something that I enjoyed. Mm. Um, Not getting paid too much money for it, but at that time it didn't matter. But it was the opportunity to work with older people and understand how a business ran and in that case how a festival ran and I owe it all I think to those that opportunity that um, well I thank my father for the opportunity but then again it was what I did with it all those years ago. Mm. Do you think that uh, experience in some ways matters more than qualifications? 
Oh, you- it, absolutely. I mean, this is something that that I look at now with with students who particularly are studying tourism, hospitality, event management, all those courses mm. that they come out at the end of it. And yes, they've been well taught. And yes, they've had great experiences. But what they don't have is that hands on experience. And that's what I will say to a lot of young people who are looking at careers, um, not just in that field, but in others, that you've really got to get out there. Yes, and do your degree. Agree, but you've got to get out there and say, okay, how do I get a job? How do mm. I learn? How do I get to 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 see how these this particular industry works? And that is the difference, I believe, in a in a twenty one year old, twenty two year old walking into me saying, this is what I've done, mm. and I've got my degree, as opposed to the person that says, listen, I've got a degree and I know it all, because there is a big difference between those two. I guess if you look at it as a trade. You know, the, uh, you know, tradesmen do apprenticeships and as well as having studies, there's a lot of on-the-job training and they get their skills signed off by the uh, senior tradesmen and eventually get their ticket. In the event space, you can come out with a degree, but without that experience, you, the on-the-job experience, you're missing that, that ex- you know, yeah. that skill no, set. You know, you are, that is so true. I mean, if you look at, if you were, imagine being a doctor mm. or an engineer or like, I mean, you, you would never walk in and say, well, by the way, I've studied medicine and I want to operate on you now, but <laughs> I've never had any experience. And, you know, no one's going to do that. So you're absolutely right. What, what, what the generation have got to do now that are studying is to understand that the degree is not the be all and an end all. Mm. Um, it's a great piece of paper and it proves that you could apply yourself and get through a degree and study and pass and do all those things from there. That's one element of it. Mm. And whilst that's important, I would also look for those that have said, you know what, I'm going to go and do this, this, this and this and learn. And I believe that is the big difference now between the ones that really get a good start at an early age and the ones that have got to go find their way. And I do believe that there is a difference between those people that, that take those different paths at an early age. Mm. It's that whatever it takes attitude that, that can sometimes jump out of there off the page and in, into the interview. Yeah, one, one of the great things I love about younger people coming through starting careers is their initiative. Mm. Um, and I do believe that some people go into in this particular industry for all the wrong reasons. Yep. Um, they go, oh, you, you must deal with famous people every day and all you do is go to great parties and <laughs> drink champagne. And they're all the things you do, Rich. Yeah, I yeah. I, I, I was going to say, I, I, I've been told those same things. And yeah. I don't um, think glamour really exists anywhere, no, to be honest. And, it, and it's, it's kind of the things now. And, and if I go and talk about some of the you know, the key issues in event management, I'll sit there and say, well, you know, I'll talk about 20 minutes about risk assessment and insurance and those sorts of things. And I I get this look on their face and go, well, what's that got to do with that particular industry? I say, well, it's got to to do with every part of what that industry is now. So there is a misconception. When I was back at school, um, you know, in those days it was, oh, it was a career in PR or marketing or Mm. advertising. Mm. Event management, tourism, hospitality didn't exist. Mm. Now, there are a number of degrees being offered and what what we've got to do is make sure that we can provide a career path for all those young students coming out mm. in an industry that's got to keep growing to be able to sustain the number of um, number of people that are actually studying them now. Absolutely. So, Peter, can we run, run the clock back to, you know, so you, you started off uh, working at the Moomba Festival um, back end of high school and, and through university. Um, by the time you got to the age of 20, what was the goal that was starting to form for you? 
what I knew is that it was interesting is that I knew I would be in a creative industry and I also knew that I was that I believed a, a, one of those people who was a born organiser. Um, and it was one of those things, too, that led. So from there, um, mm. my degree, I got offered a, a job position at Mobile Oil <laughs> and I ended up going there as a graduate um, four days a week in the, of all places, the IT department. Wow. Now, you're talking to a man. <laughs> a creative who, guy. <laughs> who can't change the ringtone on his mobile phone. Um, uh, my my nine-year-old daughter knows more about it than I do. And so what happened was I knew that that was not for me. And then an opportunity came up, which led from Moomba to go and work for what was the, then the Life Be In It company okay. um, that ran a whole mm. lot of lifestyle programs for people to, you know, be healthy and lose weight. And that led there, that then led on to someone knowing me mm. who then said, you need to go and work. And my first real big break was going to work for Clemenger Harvey Advertising. Okay. Um, and I went in there as a 25-year-old um, working on the Kmart account. Um, and all I did was go and travel around organising store openings and promotional activities. So one thing led to another that led to another. And that's where it's really important. If you are going to try and get into a particular industry, work out opportunities you can that might lead from one thing. I mean, I keep saying to students, if you are going to go and work in hospitality in this particular area, don't go and get a job selling flowers in a florist shop. Go and work for Peter Rowland Caging or Epicure or a venue and get into an industry that you understand that can then lead to other opportunities. I think that's a lot of people don't get that, and I would strongly recommend that to people going through to be able to that the things that I've learned was to get in, get a foot in the door, learn, because hopefully that will lead from one thing to another. So question on that, um, and it's about the timing of your choice when do you decide, right, now I'm going to jump ship or now I'm going to look for the next, um, you know, lily pad to jump onto? Mm. That's a very good question because, to be honest with you, if I look back at it, there, nothing was planned whatsoever. Mm. It was literally things happened for all the reasons that they happened. Um, the only reason where why I opened up my own business 22 years ago was I got retrenched. Um, I was working for an incentive travel company that organised conferences and they got bored out and I got called into the managing director's office and said, I'm sorry, Peter, you're gone. And from there, I was faced and I was, what, 30, 30 years old at the time mm. and I was faced with a decision what to do and for some reason, with a lot of support from people in the industry, I decided to go and do it alone from there. Um, that's not an easy thing to, to, to do at that particular stage to work out what the hell am I going to do because no. you don't actually plan to do those things and I am, the more I look back at it, some of the, the career opportunities that have come up and they've just evolved but it's also what you make of it because you really got to say, right, here's an opportunity for me for this particular period of time. I don't know how long I'm going to be here. If I do this and do it well, then hopefully it will lead on to something and that's kind of, I'm a big believer in that where you can plan so much, a degree will get you so far, but you do need to be able to work at it and make sure that you're able to develop a career path that's going to work for you. Pete, how important has been setting goals for you at, at a personal level and at a business level? And are you a list writer? Um, oh, boy, that's a <laughs> think about. The list writing in the early days, yes. Mm -hmm. And to this extent, yes, I am 
as far as setting goals, to be honest with you, at one stage it was simply a matter of survival. Of course. Uh, when I say survival, as in from a business sense. Mm. Um, but I knew that I had a passion and a desire to make it work. And that's not for everybody. Mm. Um, I've seen great people do these things and go, I could never, ever go and do this myself. Mm. And not everybody's cut out for that from a career perspective. Mm. I suppose one of the, I was one of those people who I was always thought, well, I can be my own boss. And if I looked at it now, I would probably struggle for working for someone else. I know that well. <laughs> you know that well simply yeah. because you have strong views and you have strong opinions yeah. and you want to be able to do it. As I said, that's not for everybody. Mm. But for those that do, it's a matter of kind of finding a way and really having some some, some t- key targets and goals that you need to meet mm. that you say, okay, how am I going to do this? And the other most important thing is I listened and I talked to people who I respected in a business sense to give me advice on how I should go about these things. And whilst they knew nothing about my career in event management, they were able to give me advice in business in general and help me. And I found that absolutely rewarding. And I would encourage everybody who has an opportunity to talk to someone who may be able to mentor them or give them advice, um, don't take that for granted with someone who, who's been around and knows what they're doing. So did you... I mean, you mentioned your dad giving you a break with Moomba, and obviously that mm-hmm. was a, a big leg up. Do you have someone now, or did you have someone back then even, that was you'd call a mentor or a coach that you mentioned this getting this advice, or did you use, have lots of people around you? That- I basically went and looked at, at for a number of people, and a couple of them were worked in a, in a, in a marketing. One worked for an advertising agency. Mm. Um, and what I did was sat down with them and said, okay, here's where I am what can I do or what do I need to look forward to to get to the next level from there? Mm. Um, and those people were absolutely fantastic. What they did was they helped me open a few doors. They got me to talk to other people um, and they gave me that opportunity to go and do that. Now, without that experience or without that that help that I got from those sort of people, mm. I don't think I'd ever would have survived because you can't just sit there and go, well, I'm, I know it all. Um, I'm going to get it done. It, that just doesn't happen in business. Yeah, I think I once heard the three most dangerous words in the English language is I know that. Mm. I know that. Well, that's a very good point because at the end of the day, you, you don't know all that. And I still don't know all that all these years later. I mean, I'm still learning, um, which is one of the great things about, you know, working in any particular industry. But you've got to You've got to sound those people out and you've got to be able to sit down with them and say, okay, this is what I want to do. How did you get here? And I learned from them. And I must admit they became friends and and mentors. And I look back at it now and go, wow, thank you, because (laughs) without your advice and a little bit of help and guidance then – probably they didn't actually realise what they had actually done. Mm. I look back at it now and go, that really did help me work out what was the best way to uh, to progress at that particular time. Mm. Peter, did you did you find that they ever had to give you a wake-up call? You, know, you were I heading got, off on the wrong direction sort of thing. I was heading – there were a couple of times when – the, the answer to that is yes. That was always hard because – I hated taking any criticism. Mm. 
I thought I was uh, going to be perfect and everyone was going to listen to what I said. And I came a couple of times when things went pear-shaped mm-hmm. um, and I had people saying, no, you can't do that. That's not the way it's done. Um, I'm talking from a client perspective here. Okay. Um, yeah. I learned from those you have to get burnt along the way. Yeah. Um, I think that's part of the learning process. And then I went back and said, right, what were the mistakes and what would you do again differently? Yep. I learned a lot from that because I had to because at the time I had no one else to blame but myself mm. and I was the only one who was going to learn from it and make it go from there. So it's certainly not a perfect ride, but in the end I think I was smart enough and I had enough people around me who cared to say, now hang on a moment, here's a better way of doing this. Why don't you go down this track? And that came from suppliers in the industry, from people I work with, my parents, um, my family, because at the end of the day, I was the one who was going to make or break it and I had to make sure that I was doing everything I could to learn from those mistakes that I made at an early age. Mm. Peter, you mentioned going out on your own after being made redundant and it's it's that big jump and I remember my own experience mm-hmm. of the jump and you know starting a business from from the ground up is is tough and as you say if everyone if it was easy everyone would do it have there been times where you felt confused lost or even down and out i don't think i've ever found been down and out mm-hmm. um i must admit i have times wondered which direction i was going in mm. and was that the the way ahead? Um, what I also found out, I had to I had to become a, a business person as well. Mm. And you've also then got to put a value on what you're able to offer. And there were times when I was doing particular events and making virtually nothing. And I'm going, well, hang on, I'm doing all this work. I think that was part of the learning process from there. Um, I look back at the disasters, um, the events that haven't gone well. I've looked at the things that I would change. Thank God nothing has gone totally pear-shaped. Yep. I don't know whether that's by luck or things haven't gone totally according to plan, but I've been managed to learn from those things and then and then keep going. But I never, ever gave up because it was almost, okay, this was my opportunity to prove to myself I could do it mm. um, and to others. So it became a bit of a... I suppose a bit of a personal crusade in a certain way. You have to be a certain type of person to go and do this and it doesn't always work. And I would look at all those figures of, you know, small businesses that would fail in the first couple of years and I'm going, oh, my God, that's going to be me. I'm going to look at all these things. But I made myself – I made it important that I had to surround myself with people who could – I could learn from, who could teach me, who could give me advice and thank God I've come from good – parents who were level-headed and sensible and supported me um, and I think that was also a, a, a big difference in, in helping me start. Peter, uh, we were mentioning off air a moment ago that I was actually talking to a bunch of, uh, of event students today from Martin College and I asked them, um, what would you ask this legend of the industry, Peter Jones? And they came up with a couple of questions that sort of dovetail a little bit into some of the themes that you were just talking about. Do you mind if I just give you some of these? They're quite No, good. please do, Stu. Okay, so the first one was actually what is the critical focus that you bring to events um, into the way that you manage and run them that is actually you know, central to your success as an event manager? 
Boy, you've got some very intelligent students there. <laughs> there are some. Um, I, what happens today is that in any particular industry, everybody thinks they can do it and they can do it well. Yeah. And what's happened in, in particularly in the event management world is that everybody is an event organiser in one form or another. Yeah. And what happens, it's a highly competitive world and there are people out there who says, listen, I've just done my friend's wedding and I can do this, therefore I'm going to go and do it from there. Um, that, that's fine. Everybody's entitled to doing it. Um, what you need to be able to do, though, is have a point of difference from everybody else mm. and how you approach it. And one of the great things about what we do now is that about 95% of our business is word of mouth and repeat business and referral. And if you can get to a situation where you can run your business of that, and that is not an overnight, you know, that doesn't happen overnight. That takes a lot of years of, of doing really good events, of treating the client with respect, um, being fair, charging a fair price, all those things, and delivering beyond their expectations. That's what sets those companies apart in any particular industry as opposed to all the others. And that's what I've always tried to do is have a point of difference and people going, you know what, that was great, but Peter Jones did it that way as opposed to, oh, yes, all the other event companies do it that particular way. So you've got to have that flair, you've got to have a point of difference and you've got to have all those intangible things that go into it because it's not just one thing. Because I often say to a client, listen, we're, we're putting a proposal here. There's five event companies. All five can do it. There is no issue with what can be done. It's a matter of the client of the way you want it done and the style of event you want, who is the best to be able to work with you. And I think if you can make that point of difference and then being able to deliver it, that helps establish you as a different segment in the market as opposed to everybody else. I think, Pete, what you've just said there applies to just about every business or role yep. in, in the world, in the Western world. You know, we uh, your unique selling proposition is yep. is intrinsically linked to your personal brand in in the case of uh, yourself. You know, the, the business is named after you as well. Mm -hmm. but, but, but it is the same for everyone in just about every role. Um, that is so true. And, I mean, and, and, you know, you look at, you know, why do you go into the supermarket and look at five different varieties of milk? Mm. You know, which one do you go and buy? Mm. Um, you know, why do, you know, if you're going to go buy a car, I mean, which car do you go and buy? Because it meets the needs that you think are there and the brand and the expectations and all the things. And it's ex exactly the same in our business. I mean, at the end of the day, I don't have a standard product to sell. Um, we have a, a, a service to sell that is different for every client because different clients are going to need particular things. And you've really got to create that unique selling proposition yeah. that is there because at the end of the day, that's what the client is buying mm. because the client can go and buy any company to go and put the lights on and put the food on the table and put the band on. It's the little things that often make a difference oh, and so the way you go about it. The way it's all glued together is with a big dose of uh, what you offer the market. I, 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 uh, being involved in events myself and from the entertainment point of view and being involved mm -hmm. in the arts historically, um, I've often thought that you know live entertainment in the form of music, and that was my background, but again, events are a live event. 
uh, it's spontaneously produced and consumed. So, you know, on the one hand, lots of things can potentially go wrong and there's no rewinding and reshooting like there is in, say, film or when you're writing a book, you can't erase what happened. Is that part of the rush? For you? It's, it's an interesting one because what happens, of course, is you only get one chance to get this right. Yeah. Um, and you're right. Unlike unlike a movie or TV thing from there, you can't say, okay, cut. Sorry, Mr. Managing Director, we need to redo your, your speech now because that wasn't quite right. Um, to be honest with you, it, it is. Um, it's one of those things where you put all this effort into it um, and it's all over in a matter of hours. I mean, mm. you know, some of these events we work on take two, three, and one up to four years. And it's all gone in the space of one night or one day, depending on what the event is. Th- th- there is that. Um, I get great satisfaction out of people having a good time and the client having a great time. I mean, you know, I'm the worst person to go to someone else's event with. Um, you can imagine me sitting there. It's like taking a check <laughs> from someone else's restaurant. Oh, yeah. Like... Um, my wife refuses to go. Brenda refuses to go with me some to people's other events. She says, so I've, I've got over that now because at the end of the day, if that's what that's what they want, that's fine. Yep. Um, yeah. I'm going to other events, I learn lots too. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know everything. Um, it's like go, don't never go to a film with a cameraman because the whole time they're going, oh, what a great fade, yeah, what a what transition. Is, why know? did they shoot it that way? Yeah. Um, yes, you need to, but – You've also got to be a certain type of person that wants to be able to deliver those things and put the time and the effort in and, to, you know, be standing there at midnight while the band's still singing. Mm. Those sorts of things are important because it's the attention to detail and, and little things that I notice at events. You go, I could do that, and this is what will enhance that. Because at the end of the day, the client is saying to you, here is a whack of money. I trust you. Go and spend that money mm. and deliver the objectives that I have given you. Mm, mm. Um, and it's a big responsibility. And, you know, you've got to be able to go back at the end of the day and the client's got to say, Peter, that was great. What you suggested and all the things and it ran and all that money we spent was well worth it. And it's like anything in life. You've got to be able to deliver at the end, um, not just talk about it, but make sure that you meet the client's objectives. Mm. Peter, it's interesting to hear <laughs> you talk about some of those things and, uh, and I, I get very curious to know how do you measure success now? Is it a sort of a quiet moment on the side when you look back at an event and everyone's, the thing is just clicking beautifully or is it, is it satisfaction from clients? You know, tell us, give us some insight. Yeah, no, it's a good one. It's... There are times when um, I often talk about the, the perfect event mm. when I talk about these things and everyone goes, oh, you must have done the perfect event. And I said, no, the perfect event is when we would do an event and I would not change one thing. Mm. Now, after all these years, I've never done the perfect event. So there has always been something I've walked out going, oh, God, I would have changed that or we didn't do that properly or whatever from there. But they are things that I notice. Mm. And they're not things that the client or the people attending would notice. That's the juice, isn't it? It's, it is. It's the, juice. the striving. It's the striving that yeah. actually is the big kick. Pete, uh, before we run out of time, what's the career highlight for you? You've done so many amazing events. What's one that stands out? You go, you got back home and you might have had a glass of wine and put your feet up and go, that gig was all right. 
there are probably two that, that come to mind personally. One was the Centenary of Federation back in uh, 2001, which was the centenary of 100 years of Parliament. Yes. Um, that event 7, won't happen. dignitaries, I think. Correct. Won't happen to 2,101. Yep. Um, so I'm not going to be around to do the next <laughs> one. Um, it'll be interesting what they do. That was um, standing backstage with... Malcolm Fraser and John Howard and Gough Whitlam and Paul Keating and all these things. I'm going, this is a piece of history in Australia. Mm. That was something proud. Others such as um, Field of Women, which is, you know, an event that's done for Breast Cancer Network, which was 14,000 women standing on the MCG mm. um, that have all been oh, touched awesome. by breast cancer. And when you're out there and you have a relationship with someone who's involved in breast cancer and they're all there, that is one of the most emotional moments I've ever experienced in an event. So they're personal things that I look back on going, you know what? I was part of that mm. and I was proud to be part of that. And I often say um, if I had all the money in the world and didn't have to work, would I still do those events? And the answer to that is yes, because there is a great deal of satisfaction that you can get from delivering something that a lot of other people are touched by. Mm. Peter, we're, we're, we are running out of time, but uh, there's been a theme of um, of your contribution and, and comments you've made to the journeys of younger people. And you've mentioned things like, uh, you know, that risk has everything to do with success in the industry. You've talked about your critical focus. You've talked about how experience matters the most. But what would be the golden nugget if you had to boil it down that you would provide to someone at an early stage in their career? If you've got the right attitude, you will go a long way. And I think not to walk in expecting everything to be handed to you on a plate and given given the manual and this is the way you do it, you just can't do that in particularly the event industry. You've got to go in going, I want to do this for all the right reasons. I want to learn. I want to do whatever it takes for me to learn because I know long-term it will work. And that, to me, looking at the younger students coming through, that is the big difference for the ones that really want to do it and achieve and the ones that are going, oh, I'm just going to go through this because that's what I want to do. So that would be probably the best advice that I could give. You've got to want to do it for the right reasons. Mm. Peter thank Jones, you. it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. I just want to thank you very, very much for coming on. And uh, we have to leave it there. Unfortunately, we've run out of time. We could just keep talk for hours, couldn't we? Indeed. You know? But, um, yeah, Pete, thanks. It's, it's a pleasure, and I hope, um, hope I've been able to give a little bit of experience and wisdom over the years, and good luck to all those young students out there who want to pursue a career in any fields like that. Just go for it and um, learn as much as you can, and uh, I'm sure you'll all be fine. And to all of you at home, in the car and wherever you are, thanks for joining us. Make sure you visit careersunplugged.com or Facebook to leave your comments, and, of course, give this episode a five-star rating on iTunes. Do it for Peter Jones. This has been Careers Unplugged with Rich and Stu. Thanks. Careers Unplugged, proudly sponsored by the Master of Me coaching program, helping you succeed in life, career and business. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.